Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Do you ever go to the grocery store and do the shopping or does your wife do it all? I would say it's probably pretty close to about 95% her. Okay. When you go to the grocery store, are you a magazine guy? Do you check out the magazines when you're zero percent? Really? Yeah. So I do. Like what kind of magazines? They're not the magazines that you would like, but those ones are normally behind packaging. High at the back, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're normally a back left. <laughs> no, uh, or the uh, or the muscle cars are at the bottom, I think. But uh, these are like uh, National Geographic type stuff, like more PG type stuff. But there was a Life, I think it was a Life magazine that had a picture of the girl from The Exorcist on it. Have you ever seen the original Exorcist? Uh, I would say no. You would say no. Okay. I would anyway. say no. I'm not. I am. That's one thing I do not do are scary movies. Okay. Well, they had it. Okay. Well, then that there goes the entire conversation. Because I was going to ask you what the, it, I think they had it down as the scariest movie of all time. And I was wondering if you had a thought on the scariest movie you've ever seen. So, well, I, I can tell you one that, uh, ha, do you remember, um, God, um, Saw? 
Do you remember that movie? Yeah, of course. I didn't see them. I think there were some people locked in a room or something like that, and they had to basically. And they had the clown. You know that guy that wrote those movies owned the Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. Yeah, for a while. It's really weird. How do you think of that stuff? That's just sick, isn't it? Yeah, and I and I'm not a fan of those movies at all. At all, I am not. uh, Just from a young age, just did not enjoy any type of of uh, scary movie. So when I was a kid, it was Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Saw The Exorcist. Didn't quite understand. Pretty messed up movie. There's another movie very similar to it called called Exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay. Now this is all. These are all say they based on real facts or true facts. Now I don't know if I believe this yeah. shit. Okay. There's another terrifying movie that I saw. I was on the road in New Jersey. We were in Minnesota, and me and my roommate Pierre Luc Laternal LeBlond. Okay, remember that guy? I do. Yep. Okay, so he was my roommate on the road. We watched Paranormal Activity. Now it's <laughs> it's easy to watch a scary movie on the road with your roommate. I got home to an empty townhouse. And I couldn't sleep for the next two nights, man. I was just like every little creak in the house. These are like doors closing, bed sheets getting pulled off in the middle of the night, shit like that. You know what I mean? You know what I think did it for me? Do you remember Poltergeist, the old one? Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Yes. I I, I think I watched it. I'm pretty sure I watched it as a really young kid. Yeah, and I think that one set me off for the rest of my life. Just something that I'll never forget. And I will, I will never, you couldn't pay me. It's just not in me to watch scary movies, bloodshed, the whole, you know, just that that's I just remember, not my thing. And I don't want to be a part of it. So I just won't. And my remember, kids know it and they laugh their heads off. My daughter's just like, really? Really, Dad? You're not going to sit there and watch the movie? I'm like, no. No, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I remember the last... This last what was your point? Thing. Blair Witch Project. Okay. To me, is one of the scariest I didn't movies. watch it. It is so messed up. It was so well done. And I think it was like one of the lowest budget thriller movies in the history of thriller movies. And it absolutely killed it that was the last movie i went and saw with my mom in the theater i was like 20 years old 19 or 20 and i went with my mom to watch blair witch project so anyway i was just curious to know if you had a scary a scariest movie that's all hey andy ever been in a car crash actually you know what i know you have because you're a terrible driver what's your point i'd call my friends at selena law 800-555 Five 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 five. You sent me two rule changes. Did you want to talk about those? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, it's it's interesting. These are coming from, you know, star players in the league, different positions. Uh, one being uh, Charlie McAvoy uh, from Boston Bruins, and the other is uh, Johnny Goudreau, Columbus Blue Jackets. What they say? Um, I guess they were just talking about. Uh, you know, they'd like to see some some rule changes, like to see them implemented. Uh, you know, one one rule change from Charlie McAvoy is um, he said, I've seen USA Hockey actually 
uh, fool around with this and that you can't ice the puck on a power play. So I know in USA hockey, all of us here in, in the United States, our kids that uh, sons and daughters that play the game of hockey are not allowed to ice pucks on power play. Now, if you go over the border and you're playing in Ontario or you're playing in Canada somewhere, you can ice the puck on power plays. And what Charlie McAvoy would like to see is that the the NHL um, adopt what what USA Hockey has done. And he said, uh, if you're not able to ice the puck, it's forcing guys to try and make plays to try and lob the puck perfectly, to try and put it in um, areas that you won't be called for icing. And it makes things a little bit more difficult. You're going to have a lot more turnovers. You're going to have a lot more things like that. Um, But at the same time, I think what's going to happen is what I see in youth hockey is coaches and players are like, screw it, just ice the puck. If I got to ice the puck 15 times on a, on a PK, on a penalty kill, then I'm going to do it. That's what's happening in the USA hockey, which, which what's it, what it does, which what it just extends the game way, way longer than what it should. So what do you suggest? Suggest you you keep it the way it is. I love, you know, you're on a peak, you're on a penalty kill and you're down a man. And if you have the ability to get control of the puck, for that short period of time and you want to ice it down the ice, then you should be able to do it. Yeah. You're too bad. You can't keep it away from four guys. You have five. Exactly. All right, Chuck. Like I understand what he's saying. This idea is very bad. My, my only problem with this, like a jump to conclusions, Matt. No, I, 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 I don't mind what he's saying, but there needs to be something added. So if you, let's just say, in one power play, if you ice the puck more than three times, then you should get another penalty. Like there needs to be something to add to if you ice the puck, play comes back down to the other end and you drop the puck again. There needs to be something added to to that. Um, so players have to make plays. Players have to make lobs. Um, and there's going to be breakdowns. In that, and I think Charlie McAvoy is probably thinking this will add to players having to make better plays. You need okay. more skilled hockey players. And Johnny Boudreaux's rule change. His rule rule change is just get rid of the shootout. He does not like the shootout. He likes the idea of just allowing two teams to play three on three until someone scores. I love that idea. Because and I, I, Okay. The amount of, the amount of talent in this league, the amount of talent in this league playing three on three, oh my lord! I'll go one step further with that and say, on a, if you take a penalty in overtime, it shouldn't be four on three; it should be three on two. That'll end a game really quickly. That'll make you think twice about taking a penalty late in a tight game. Yeah, not that guys are trying to do that anyway. But the point is. Do you like the shootout? Do you like? No, uh, I hate the shootout. I yeah, don't even need you've to mentioned go there. That I've been past. very vocal about this for years. I'm not a big fan of ending a game with basically a skills competition in a shootout. But let me tell you, it's pretty exciting to watch these guys do shootouts. 
pretty exciting to watch Tage Thompson and Casey Middlestat and all these guys that do what they do with the with the skill set that they have to go down and 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 it's 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 entertainment. It's exciting. I think it's, it's exciting. That being said, I also love and I mean the best part of the game is when you have overtime and you have three on three. Everything opens up. Everything's, you know, just a. I want to. I want to see games end. I mean, I'd be fine seeing games end in ties rather than shootouts. But the but I thought I thought the issue with the three on three for continuous until there's a winner was the fact that the stars are playing back to back nights and they have all these games and you know this could add so much extra time. This becomes a massive CBA issue. These are the guys that are playing the game. These are the guys that feel the energy. These are the guys that, um, you know, you know, Johnny Goudreau, for an example, I can understand where he's coming from. I think, you know, to, to watch the best players in the world play three on three to win a hockey game. I would much rather watch that, watch that than, and, and, and maybe do, maybe do, um, ties or point totals i don't know like i don't know why why you would end a game on on a shootout i was never really a fan of that from day one that being said it's also somewhat kind of exciting but i would rather watch three on three i think three on three with the puck control and the skill set of these guys are just it's incredible we want to see skating, and this is where you see skating. But the problem right. with three on three is becoming boring too at times because teams pull it back, they bring it out of the zone. You shouldn't be allowed to bring it out of the zone. You fumble the puck, or you got a guy changing. Sorry, you're that's all part of the risk. Yeah, I don't see why guys should be able to, you know, when they do that, when they slow the game down, they pull it out and they, you know go D to D and they wait for a change. It just, it sucks. Some three on threes are incredible. They're back and forth and they're fast and there's tons of scoring chances. And then there's other ones that are just kind of like just boring. Shut the clock off. Maybe shut the clock off. Yeah. I have no problem with so, what Johnny Goudreau saying. I think the, I think the game has, has more rules to change than just that, but I don't want to get into that to be honest with you. Can I ask you one one more? Because I think you brought this up before. Like, are are you not still... talking red line? No, no, okay. no. I'm You're, not going to you... be boring. I'm not going to say put the red line. I'm not going to get stupid like that. I think take the yeah. trapezoids away in the back behind the net. Let the goalies play the puck. Yes, hundred percent. Oh my god, was that stupid? Stupid decision. Like, stay in the net. Why? <laughs> I don't get it. Well, you you get it because there was there was goaltenders in the league back at that time when they changed the rule. There was guys like uh, Marty Turku or what is it? Uh, no, Marty Turku. And there Turco. was Marty Berdur. There was a number of goaltenders that could play the puck and move the puck better than some of their defensemen. So the defensemen didn't even have to go back directly to the puck they just peeled off into a corner with dipietro i played i played my roommate my first year in rochester played with dipietro in bridgeport and he was a defenseman he said that playing with dipietro <laughs> he would defenseman would post up at the blue line 
they didn't have to go all the way back because he would skate out, grab the puck, and snap a pass right on their tape. Yeah. Like it was like having another defenseman back there just breaking the puck out. And one of the so I guess now that we think about it, can you understand the rule then? No, because I think that's a skill. I think I think teams can build a system around that. And you'll have less you'll have less scoring. You know that. There will be absolutely less scoring if you allow goaltenders to play the puck. And I think that was the reason. Like back back when they implemented that rule, scoring was down. It was tough to find goals. You have goaltenders that are are shooting and passing pucks up the ice that could be literally better than a couple of the defensemen on the team. Well, that makes a lot more sense. It I, takes I away from the forecheck, right? But I think it's such a skill, though. I mean, why, would we, it's why would we deny goaltenders that skill? I One of the greatest plays I ever saw in my six years in the NHL, whether I was in the press box or on the bench, I was playing in New Jersey, and Berdur got the puck at his crease, and David Clarkson, I don't know if he came out of the penalty box or if he just swung really high, but he was between the red line and the far blue line. Okay. Yeah. And Berdur snapped one right up the middle, right on his tape, and Clarkie went in on a breakaway and scored a gorgeous goal. I could not believe what I saw, and I was playing that game. It was one of the most... Pretty sure it was Anaheim at home. I know it was a home game. It was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen because I I played with Ryan Miller. Ryan didn't play the puck. Right? Like it was one of the Ryan was was great, but when he went out to play the puck, you were just kind of like, oh boy, Millsy. It it wasn't his forte, right? So yeah. I don't know why we would limit that with goaltenders, but regardless trapezoid maybe it does stay in i never thought of that point about offense before listen i i I can i can still remember back you dump the puck in okay you're you're doing the dump and chase of back in the day you would dump the puck in marty berdier came out into his crease the two defensemen peeled into the corners the forwards did not know how to forecheck they didn't know do you go up marty berdier who has the puck or do you peel off into the corners and take the defense and now all of a sudden marty berdier has some Patrick Ilias streaking through the middle up near the blue line, snaps an absolute bullet onto his tape, and then boom, and they're going the other way. It, that's what happened with these goaltenders back in that time. They were so good at playing the puck. It took away from offense. It took away from goal scoring, and that was largely why they they made that little trapezoid behind the net saying, you can't go out of this area, Right. So now that I've talked us through it, I actually believe that it's that was the right rule. Yeah, Can you agree on that? Be, yeah. Because it just adds so many more goals. Now it's like the goaltender's got to stay in their net and you're just forcing the D to make make bad plays. So I like that rule. Anyway. I mean, I don't know what other rules you could possibly change, but I will say I, I think the power play in, in overtime go to three on two. Go to three on two. I think it'd be incredible to see. You can defend that. You could defend that, Craig. And I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind your mindset either. That if you're going to get penalized, and you're in overtime, and on the and you're on a three on three, and you take a penalty, it shouldn't go to. You shouldn't add a yeah. player to. You should be taking a player away. Absolutely. Three on two would be amazing. 
it's from what I understand, speaking to my penalty killing friends, it's easier to for a killer to kill a four on three than it is a five on four. Is that true? Is um, four on three easier to defend than a five on four? I would personally say, and this is just my feeling, is that a four on three is harder to kill. Okay. Because right. if you have guys that know how to generate offense from a four on three, and there's a lot of rotation, setting up one timers, things like that, those top three guys, um, I think I think you're gonna have a really hard time with the four on three. Just if you have super insanely skilled players, um, a five on four, it's a little bit more structured. That's that would be my opinion. But what, what the hell? Well, there are, I bet there are differences of opinion. Yeah, very, very much. We'll ask Thomas that next week. We'll probably forget that by then, but we'll ask Thomas that next week. I don't know. I think think Thomas would probably prefer to fire him a quick text. I would, I would probably, I would say that he would probably prefer the four and three, but what do I know? You were a penalty killer. You, what do you mean? you, You, what would you know? You would have been one of the guys on the five, on the four or the three. Like if there's a four on three in overtime, I'm willing to bet any money that Craig's going out there. At some point in a two minute four on three, you're going to be on the ice if you're not the guy in the penalty box. But I don't know that you'd be on the ice in OT. I don't know. I don't three on three OT. I don't know. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak. I'm just just throwing probably that out there. not out there. Okay. 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 We like to be honest with each other, right? <laughs> right. Listen, we listen. I know what I was. The difference I is, know I was okay going. with my role. That's the best part about it. I was okay with my role. I I, be, I liked what I did in the league. I remember we had a shootout in exhibition season. I think it was oh five oh six, and it went deep. It was Tampa Bay. It went really deep. Chris Dingman went. And a whole bunch of guys went, and it got to like 12 or 13 guys. And I was just, I'm like, Lindy, give me a fucking shot. Give me a shot. Guys were guys were wanting me to go because guys knew. Guys knew that some damage might have been done. And I never got my chance. You know why? You know why? Because Lindy didn't want me to show what I could do. <laughs> Probably. Lindy gets brought up you, a lot on this show. You were You were undercover. Uh, you don't. had an undercover skill set, and I'm not afraid to say it, but it was not utilized to the full ability. So I, I, I truly believe that. Do you remember yesterday when at the end of the show when I talked about don't rev me up during a charity game or I got to go out and and, you know, show off? So this guy wrote to us. <laughs> He writes, I can attest to the charity game story. We hosted the Sabres alumni in Jamestown a few years back. A guy came to the locker room beforehand to advise us that if Peters gives you a look, just skate away. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I don't go out there looking to looking to get in a tilt. I go out there looking to absolutely showcase the, the talent. Were you that guy? Are, are you that guy in men's hockey? I don't play men's hockey, but charity games, yes, yeah, like, yes. But charity games to you, it's the same thing. Start. Like, I start know. slow. I start slow. Like the last chair. Listen, listen you the start. Last, 
you're, you're a nice guy game, and then you turn into a complete dickhead. The last charity game we played, listen to this, it was the 11-day power play, and we were playing the Quad City Squirrels. I was playing for 97 Rock. They had some of the boys from Just Dishin who make the skate raps, actually. Um, you know, they were fast guys. They had a they had a nice five-man unit that they went out and dominated. They were dominating. Like, we'd get stuck in the zone. They'd just be skating around and around and around and around. So finally, I went to Liam Lezakowski, who's going to Maine, I think. And then Charlie Robinson, who's a kid from Buffalo, who's who's an incredible hockey player as well. And I said, hey, you two guys have to. This is after the period, the first period. I said, you two guys have to play against those guys. Otherwise, we're just everyone else can be standing around because they were by far the best five guys on the ice. These at the, you know when they were together. Yeah, I said so. You guys got to play forward against these guys. And then Charlie Robinson looks at me and he goes, "Well, who's going to play with us?" And I said, "I would be honored to travel into the mists of Avalon with you, gentlemen, if you'll have me on your line." <laughs> he started dying laughing. It's a line from Step Brothers, eh? And we went out there, and if these guys are honest. We absolutely kicked their ass, kicked their ass. And I do believe that I was at the center of it all. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's nothing else to talk about in the hockey world, is there? There's not a whole lot. It's it, it's th- This seems to be kind of like the... Um, very quiet time in the hockey world because it's calm before the storm. It's, you know, the, the, the rookie camp, which, you know, some people, some people love um, 
watching those young rookies that come in the Benson and, you know, Savoy and all these young, young players and, and, um, and, and that that's totally fine. I have no, um, no will to, to go and watch these, these young rookies. I want to see these guys translate into the big boy camp. I want to see them elevate their games at the, at the big camp. Um, and that big camp is going to be starting real soon. These guys are getting fine tuned. They're dialed in. It's been months and months and months of training their bodies, training their minds and, and getting ready for a long demanding season. And it's starting really soon and it's exciting. Can I ask you a question? Saber related. Yeah. Um, I would have to imagine the Sabres are just going to let Casey Middlestad play the season out and see what happens. Does that sound like it's the most logical thing to do for a player like this who has Sabres? I mean, he's an RFA still after this year. There's no rush to sign this guy. Are they using the my classic example? Uh, for a guy like Casey Middlestad, who has really only had, I don't one. think that you can um, sign Casey Middlestad until you have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power signed. So you know what you're paying those players. I don't think I that would has imagine the Saber. Y- yes, it. What do you mean? It doesn't absolutely does no you have money allocated already for these places you roughly you know that you're going to get darlene and power for around i said 18 would have been amazing 18 5 i went to 19 but you know they're going to be under 20 million they'll be 20 million ish okay one way or the other 19 a lot of freaking money when you're a lot of money it's a lot of money but you i'm not saying it's not but you know that you have that right like a quarter of the cap on two guys well, it could be worse. Could have had Tage signing this summer. Yeah, that's oh my god, very true. Saved very two true. million, two and a half million right there. Two million for sure, because he would have been a nine and a half to ten million dollar player. Yeah, I think Casey Middlestat's come a long way with his game. Um, I think if you put Casey Middlestat with the proper players that he can make better, and they can support Casey, I think you have uh, a very high end hockey player. That's what I think. Now think, he had 59 points last year. He had a very good year. And he also played a large uh, amount of that season with uh rolling rolling wingers, different players. There was never a line that was that was paved in stone for Casey Middlestad. It was just, you know, guys that were in and out of his line. Well, and I have I don't a question. Right. I have a question about Casey. Okay. So when did he do his best work? When he was playing with Tuck and Skinner? No question. There is they were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is that not more of an indictment on him than it is a testament to his play? Because if you're going to be paying this guy who's probably asking for five million on a next contract plus if he puts these numbers up, shouldn't he be driving his own line and having success with okay, his own Okay, well players? that's a, that's a that's a great point. Do you think Tage Thompson has 94 points and 47 goals if he's not playing with Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner? Not a goddamn chance. If he's playing with Victor Olsen 
and whoever else was on that line of the 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 player of the week, Tage Thompson's nowhere near ninety four points if he's playing with those guys. So is Tage Thompson is is that an indictment on Tage that he can't drive his own line and get ninety four points? The reality is, if you're playing with great players that will make you better, and you have the ability to make them be- better with your talent and your skill set, Casey Middlestad is is that player. I believe that. So right now, this team is um, they're really trying to work on finding. Three highly offensive lines, and then you have your 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 fourth line, which I don't even want to call them the fourth line because on many nights last year, the fourth line played more than the first or the the second and third line, so called. So I'm not sure. I I think right now there's no pressure to just allow. Casey Middlestat to go and play himself into a contract. And if the contract numbers make sense to Kevin Adams, then you're going to see Casey here for a long time. Because I think Casey Middlestat really likes to be a Buffalo Sabre. He's a hell of a hockey player. I think he's learned a lot in his, in his game. He has matured. And he's still super young. Like we're talking about, what is he, 24? Yes, he's 24. It's, it's insane. It's insane how young he is still. I mean, his best years are going to come definitely in the next six years. Like why? Casey Middlestat has taken his time to mature in this league. And now all of a sudden... He's in a situation that uh, he's a better player, a better person, a more mature person, mentally and physically. He's exactly what you want in your lineup. So I, are you asking, are they going to sign him? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was talks going on. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some dialogue going on with Casey Metalstat. Does a conversation go like this? Does the agent call or does Kevin call, ask what they're looking for, and then the agent says a number that is obviously higher than what he deserves? because that's Probably way higher, yep. That's what you're supposed to do. Yep. And if the Kevin responds and says, well, we're thinking more somewhere between this range and that range, but if you think your player is worth that, tell him to go out and have a great season and we'll talk after the season, or we'll talk as soon as we can. Very much so. Casey Middlestat's a major asset for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Former eighth overall pick has seasoned himself into a bona fide high-end NHL hockey player, and the best years are ahead of him. So um, he is an important piece to get signed, but... There are some, there's a very, very important piece that needs to get rectified with Darlene and Powers um, signings. Those, those are very, very, very important. And I think that's the focus of the team. It's the focus of Kevin. Um, and everything happens after. There's the, there's the trickle down effect that will happen. And 
Casey Middlestat's contract is not probably priority, but I'm sure that they've had discussions. I like how they're handling it. Let him wait. Let him play. You don't have to have them all signed. Simple as that. Well, you got Tuck, you've got Skinner, you have Thompson, and um, Dylan Cousins under contract for many years. And that uh, is a massive, massive part of your core. Casey Millstad is part of that. He is definitely part of that. Um, but there's not, I think, the same urgency to get him signed. I think the big, the two big defense uh, defensemen need to get, there needs to be clarity. There needs to be an understanding of what the term, um, the numbers of the contract, all those things. Um, and once that plays itself out, Kevin Adams is able to kind of breathe a little bit better and he will, uh, you know, eventually do his, his job on, on figuring out what the next step is. And I, I would imagine Casey Middles, that's going to be a big part of that. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.